0: In today's Gospel reading, we hear the story of the Good Samaritan. Let us stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Amen. But he, desiring to justify him, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, He took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said to him, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. This is the gospel of the Lord. We know that... um, The basic teaching of Jesus was about the kingdom of God. We saw that last week, that Jesus, the fundamental teaching of Jesus was about the kingdom of God. He would say, the kingdom of God is is like this, the kingdom of God is like that. Jesus said, seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. And then everything else will take care of itself. He didn't talk about the democracy of God he didn't talk about the republic of God he didn't talk about a place where you could vote Jesus talked about the kingdom of God and in a kingdom a king rules and in the kingdom of God as people are obedient to the king they experience freedom freedom is found in obedience And slavery is found in disobedience. That's a religious message. But Jesus didn't always preach a religious message. He didn't always preach about a person's relationship to God. Sometimes, sometimes Jesus talked about what it means to be a human being. How does a real human being act? How does a human being act according to the way that God wants them to act? And one of the teachings about Jesus, that Jesus had about being a human being is found today in the story of the Good Samaritan. And the question, who is my neighbor? Because the question, who is my neighbor, is a human question. It's a question that can be asked in every society, in every religion, at every age. The question is, who is my neighbor? got nothing to do with God. It's got to do with neighbor. Jesus said, asked the question, who is my neighbor? Now, you know the story. A lawyer comes to Jesus. The lawyers, and uh, no offense to any lawyers here this morning, but as a group, the lawyers at Jesus' day were not friendly to him. And so this lawyer came and asked this question about how can we, I receive eternal life? And St. Luke says he asked it to test him. He's looking for an argument. And Jesus turns it back on him and says, well, what do you think? And the man quotes two parts of scriptures. The first is from the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy, which every Jew knew. It begins like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart and soul and mind and strength. That's right. Now, if you think you can get to heaven by keeping that, you're right, but you can't keep it. That's something we cannot do. That's something we do not do. At least I do not do it. Love the God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And then the fellow quoted a thing from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 19. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's hard for me too. Have you ever had a a loveless neighbor? (laughs) An unlovable neighbor? I have. And the lawyer must have had an unlovable neighbor, too, because he asked the question, who is my neighbor? And hidden in that question is another question. Who is not my neighbor? So I know who, to lo- who I have to love, and I know who I don't have to love. Who is not my, le- my neighbor? And so Jesus, instead of, instead of giving an answer, Jesus told him a story. I think, I think this is a story that Jesus wrote. This is not something that happened. He didn't read about it in the newspaper. He wrote this story. And he wrote this story, He made up this story, to make two points. One is about, about what it means to be human. And the other is to say something about hypocrisy in religious leaders. We think of Jesus as this nice, kind, gentle guy And he was that way. But when it came to hypocrisy in religion, Jesus was merciless. The Bible tells us how more than once he said, you hypocrites, you hypocrites, he called them out. He couldn't stand hypocrisy. And so in telling this story, he points out the hypocrisy of Jewish religious leaders. The priest and the Levite probably had been serving at the temple. Uh, when you served at the temple, you served for a certain period of time. And then you went home again. So they were probably on their way home. And on their way home, they had just been in the temple of God. They had just thinking, they'd been thinking God stuff. Thinking religious stuff. They should have been full of their faith. And then they come down this road from Jerusalem to Jericho, and there's a guy laying there and they can talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk. And they pass by on the other side. The priest and the Levite, and he's still there. Now, well, we we'll have to say this. In the, at least in the story. He is there. It's his own fault. Because the road from Jerusalem to Jericho was notorious for being a place where thieves hid out to rob people. And you should never travel the road from Jerusalem to Jericho alone because you're asking for it. So as he lays there in the dust, it would be possible for the the priest and the Levite to say, see, you got what you asked for. You deserve it. Now stay there. And then comes this Samaritan. Now the Samaritan, he, he... Jesus put him in this parable for a very special reason. Because the Jews hated the Samaritans. He doesn't belong in this parable. See, when we talk about... We make comparisons between three people. We usually have three... The same kinds of people. You ever heard a joke about, well, there was a priest and a rabbi and a minister? Right? They were all the same. Well, there was this Lutheran, there was a Methodist, and there was a Presbyterian. There was a Republican and a Democrat and an Independent. In this story, you would expect, well, there was a priest and a Levite and a Jewish layman. (laughs) That would make sense. But instead, you have a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan. That's like saying there was a Lutheran and a Presbyterian and a garbage man a Republican, a Democrat, and a fiddle player. He doesn't belong there. And to put a, but to put a Samaritan there, just looks like rubbing your fingernails across a blackboard. Because the Jews hated the Samaritans. They just didn't like them at all. In about the year 6 or 7 A.D., a bunch of Samaritans broke into the temple grounds And they scattered dead men's bones all over the temple grounds. It was a terrible thing to do. The Jews just hated that. They defiled the temple. And the animosity between Jews and Samaritans was hundreds of years old. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jesus has a Samaritan as the hero of this story. And it it shouldn't be. When we lived in Salzburg, I met a lady once from Iraq. And she was an educator. And she told me what wonderful things Saddam Hussein had done for her school. How he had built up the school. How he had been nice to that school. And I didn't want to hear that. Because I didn't think that Saddam Hussein could do anything good. And yet, here was a lady telling me how wonderful Saddam Hussein had been to her. In the same way, the Jews just wouldn't want to hear about how wonderful this Samaritan had been. And the question is, what was there in the Samaritan that made him human when the priests of the Levite were not human. And the thing that made the Samaritan a human being was compassion. Jesus said he saw him and he had compassion on him. He had sympathy for him. He felt bad toward him. Now when when we talk about sympathy and things like that, we say it touches you in your heart. It just touched me in my heart. In the Greek language, it says it touched me in my gut. And the word to have compassion is to be touched in the gut. And the picture is this Samaritan riding along on his donkey and he's touched in his gut because there's a guy laying there in the dust. And he is so moved in his gut by the helpless condition of this gentleman, that he gets off the donkey. And he binds up his wound, puts in oil, puts in wine, puts him on his donkey. And that was dangerous. Of course, it's a story, but if you think about it, well, he's messing with this guy, the thieves could come back. And bonk him over the head, too. But he had compassion, and that didn't matter. That overruled any kind of common sense decision. And he took him and took him to an inn, put him up there overnight, and then paid the bill and said, Do you owe any more? If I owe any more, I'll pay it when I come back. The thing that made the Samaritan a real human being was compassion, was mercy. And at the end of the story, Jesus said, And which of these three proved to be neighbor to the man? He might just as well have asked, which of these three men was a human being when it came to this man? And And the fellow replied, well, the one who showed mercy. Mercy. This is what God has built into us, to have mercy for one another, to be touched in our guts when other people are having a hard time the good Samaritan. Now I have to confess to you, and this is not about me, but I have to confess to you, that I have a hard time with mercy. I have a hard time with compassion, I I really do. And it makes me less than a human being. When we lived in Sao Paulo, on the main street, the Paulista, the main street in Sao Paulo, the main business street, People were living on the street. They had mattresses on the street in front of of wonderful buildings where rich, rich people worked. And they were there on the street, men and women and children, with their hands out. And we walked by. People walked by. I felt guilty walking by, but I walked by anyway. The only time I felt good about it was when they were smoking or talking on cell phones. And I wondered how many more of those folks smoked and had cell phones but just didn't show it. When we had the church in Rogers, people would come to our church and and tell me sad, sad stories about how they need all this help. And I knew, I knew that they had been to the church down the street telling the same story and hitting church after church after church. And I heard so many sad stories that I... I had compassion fatigue. You know compassion fatigue, Marilyn? You just run out of compassion. You just... Tired of showing compassion, and I have that problem. Now, back in Sao Paulo, there was a, and Val remembers there was a little, little bearded guy. Val, remember him? The little bearded guy we saw on the corner, and we'd occasionally give him a, a, a few hias just to assuage our conscience. But I find it hard. I don't know about you. I find it hard to show compassion. And as I don't show compassion, I know that I am a less of a human being. And I am less as a Christian. And I struggle with it. Because I sure don't want to give people money for drugs. I don't want to waste what God has given me. It's an ongoing struggle. Now, in the context of compassion, what can we say about the events in our country the last several days with two African-Americans killed by policemen and five policemen killed by an African-American? What can we say about that? Those were acts without compassion. And I'm torn when I think about what's going on there. On the one hand, I say to myself, well, I didn't do it. I wasn't there, and I can't do anything about it. But at the same time that I say that, I identify the prejudice that exists within me. Because events like that expose my prejudices to myself. And I wonder how much it would take for me to to do something like that. How about you? My guess is that most of us have prejudices within ourselves within ourselves to force against somebody. And we bury them. Until events like this bring them to the surface. I can't go to Dallas talk to those families. Can't go to Minnesota, can't go to Louisiana and talk to those families. What can we do? I don't have a good answer to that. Except except to be a neighbor to somebody. This week look for somebody upon whom you can have compassion. Look for somebody upon whom you can show mercy. To repeat a line that Mr. Rogers sang again and again and again. Won't you be my neighbor? Amen.